1: In this world, there are more stories than rats in the city. Some are squeakers, some are cheesy, some get caught in a cat's teeth, but all are worth scurrying for. So, open your cat's mouth wide and listen! Welcome to Brush Town Stories, Episode 6, from the Diary of Bernard Glouch, The Seeker Awakens.
2: From the Diary of Bernard Glouch. World Traveller. I had overestimated the sheer toll this trek would take on my body. Who would have thought, even now, at the dawn of the 20th century, life could still be this cruel? I was at the edge of the desert in Karakau, Pakistan, and my supply of, well, everything, was running out. All I had to show for my trouble was six tooth-shaped rocks. While I believed them to be part of the first Moldo Shrine complex, I seemed no closer to finding ancient Dentite sites than when I first set out. Having gumption and only speaking English were not enough to navigate the cities of the ancient Silk Road. Many of the locals are afraid I'm a Russian spy, or a British spy, or maybe some kind of monster. An odd number of children and old women like to rub my stomach or poke at my shoulders. I think it's some good luck maneuver but it's making me a bit self-conscious. It's best I not even discuss my time in Afghanistan, and I now believe my thoughts that Gogus the Tooth had a city there are false. In fact, trying to verify pre-American Dentite culture is extremely hard. I considered giving in and joining a camel train back to British-controlled India, but when I stopped at a Karavanasai, which is like a hotel if a hotel was mostly a straw mat and a jug of dusty water, I met the man who would change my life. As night settled, I was staring at the ceiling of my room, listening to the belching of camels and men, when there was a burst of laughter, and then something I hadn't heard for a while. English! Someone speaking English! It was like water to a parched man. I leapt up from my mat and threw on a robe and headed to the common room. There a lean man with a sunburnt face was leaning against the mokata pillows on the eating beds. He talked fast and gesticulated widely. His words flipped between English, Uzbek, and a myriad of other dialects without thought. He spoke a collage of languages, and the men gathered around him roared with laughter. After a moment, he gestured for me to sit with them. The man called over and had them bring me some wine. It was a nice relief, and though I was surrounded by what I took to be Mohammedans, they all took to the wine. He then slapped my back. You look hungry. "'and soon trays of grilled meats were laid before us. "'He grabbed a fatty piece and bit it off by the bone. "'It might have the aroma and flavor of the barnyard, but you get used to it. "'I ate it greedily, without thought to barn or yard. "'But truth be told, my funds were just about exhausted, "'and after eating my fill, I was worried about trying to settle the bill. "'It had been bad enough bartering for my tiny doorless room, "'but the man seemed to sense this and said, "'Eat more, kid.' "'The royal house of Bromkin is paying.' "'The night passed in a haze. "'It seemed as if the dust and time on the road "'was cracking and falling off my body. "'I felt nearly alive again. "'It felt like a prayer was answered by the ur "'but all too soon the men retired to their rooms, "'and I as well. "'I slept well and deep, "'and I almost feared waking up "'as I knew it would be back to the bitter sun "'and cracked hilltop fortresses, "'scouring alone for artifacts.' But, to my surprise, in the morning, I saw the man standing amongst the camels. He smiled when he saw me. There's the little mouse. You hardly spoke three words. We exchanged some other pleasantries, and I apologized for my shyness. He asked my business, and I told him about the Dentite history and my want for artifacts, and reached into my small satchel and showed him some of the tooth-shaped rocks i discovered. He was not a believer, but his interest seemed genuine. He then told me his name was Chapman Heath, and he'd grown up in Wales, but had also spent a good deal of time in Canada working for the Hudson Bay Company. He was a professional adventurer, and he was currently working for an Austro-Hungarian duke who wanted celestial treasures. He asked if I was interested in joining him, as we were both seekers of the fantastic. I agreed, as I liked the company, and he was happy to share his supplies with me. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry about the murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah Bello We traveled through various towns and Chapman would stop to buy small items from various shops. Some seemed ancient, others seemed to have no significant age, but he merely seemed to enjoy the colors, or drinking tea with the shop owner. He confided the Duke really knew little of the history of the Orient, and anything he brought back, the Duke would happily display in his cabinet of curiosities. He held up a small mosaic dish. This was probably made yesterday, and not with much skill. Chapman turned the dish over. But if this were the divining bowl of the Scythian emir, and he foresaw his own assassination in the swirls of water by his jealous brother Mustafa bin Abu, suddenly it's worth a small fortune. He put the plate into his bag. He could tell I was nonplussed by his story. He patted my back. Who's to say it's not? Who's to say there wasn't such an emir? When you take something from its home, it loses its context. It becomes unstuck by reality. There are men of science now who are proving our world is just a bit of flotsam caught in the luminous ether. This plate? Maybe it's not even a plate. Maybe it's a turtle. But it's not, I said. It's just a plate. He pointed across the road. And that place is but a building. But when it fills with believers, it becomes a mosque. And when they die and the sand reclaims it, it becomes a ruin. And then when it fills with lizards, it becomes a reptile city. I wasn't sure what he meant, and I wondered if Chapman was a fraud, and I was his rube. Tomorrow, after we walk the markets of Samarkand, let me show you a place. Chapman then promptly leaned back and fell asleep under a fig tree. The next day we climbed a hill on the outskirts of the city and came to an odd rectangular shrine. Chapman handed some coins to the caretaker and showed me inside. "'The interior had a long grave with Arabic writing. "'This is the tomb of the Prophet Daniel. "'His body was brought here by Tamerlan for good luck. "'Notice anything odd about it?' "'I pointed to the grave. "'The tomb is sixty feet long if it's a foot,' I said. "'Indeed. They say his body is growing still. "'One inch a year, and eventually, when the feet and head grow so long "'and wrap around the world and touch, that will be the end of everything.' "'He then put an apple on the grave, an offering. "'That's not... that's not true. "'If it were, the body would be much longer. "'Maybe Tamerlane was afraid of grave robbers and did this to confuse them, "'though that seems just as silly to me. "'Or maybe Shushan, the city in Persia, has his body. "'There is a shrine there that claims this is so. "'Or maybe he's in both places at once.' Or perhaps sitting in Paris drinking cognac. <laughs> At the end of the day, it either is or isn't, I said. I was getting frustrated with Chapman's hedging. We started back down the hill. Once there was a poor priest of a poor parish, he told me. The priest wanted to get a relic of a saint to bring pilgrims to his church. So he travelled to Italy, where a great deal of relics were housed. He searched high and low, but found nothing of interest. He was about to give up when a young merchant asked him why he looked so sad. The priest explained his plight. The merchant threw up his hands in delight. Oh, but, Father, this is a blessed day for you. See, I have the head of St. John the Baptist, which I would gladly sell you at a reasonable price. The priest was perplexed. "'But isn't St. John the Baptist's head in the reliquary of San Silvestro?' "'The merchant nodded. "'Indeed, there is a head of St. John the Baptist there, "'but this is the head of St. John the Baptist as a child!' (laughs) "'Ha, ha, 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 ha!' "'He roared with laughter. "'I was less enthused. "'My bad mood continued through the rest of the day "'as Chapman examined various rugs. "'That night he invited me into his room "'and went to one of his bags.' "'I know you think I'm some sort of rascal,' he said, "'but what I'm doing is for a greater good. "'There is a true and real treasure I am seeking, "'and I think our fates may be intertwined.' "'He took out one of his journals "'and opened it to a particular page "'and took out a small bit of ancient paper. "'He handed it to me. "'I think you will understand this.' "'I looked at it, and then up at him. "'I swallowed hard.' It couldn't be, but on the small scrap there were words written in ancient tooth the first Dentite script. I had only ever seen the modern translations made by Gottlieb McMenamin, but I knew its meaning right away. In all of man is tooth, in all of tooth man. The motto to the lost city of Chompopolis, and with that... My great adventure with Chapman Heath began.
1: Fresh Town Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Riglieri. Bernard Glouch is James Kennedy. Find out more about the show and cast at podmusical.com. Find out more about Mexican cuisine at your local library. Or plan a night out with some friends. Try something new. Maybe that chicken dish with the chocolate and mulatto peppers. Yum. Thanks for listening, and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.